Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey, and welcome back to another episode of the Fractional CMO Show. Today, let's talk about building a latticework of mental models as a fractional CMO. I love this stuff because of this kind of foundational thought, which is if you want to have the success someone else has, don't copy what they do, copy how they think. This is, this is so important, right? So we see people, we see businesses that copy. They just look at someone else's ad and then they write similar ad copy. They swipe it pretty directly and they hope to have similar results. And sometimes they can, but what we find is that companies and people that copy tend not to innovate and as a result, they're always behind. And maybe that's acceptable in certain markets where you don't have to be the number one to be successful, but you know, you kind of want to be, right? You, you want to be the one that's innovating, the one that's creating a new way for problems to be solved. I think of Apple doing incredible things to innovate. Okay, so like if you want to be more innovative, you have to think better instead of just copying what else exists in the market. So how do you do that? Well, Charlie Munger, who is the business partner of Warren Buffett, has this idea of a lattice work of mental models, and he uses it to approach thinking and business and decision making. And the idea of a lattice work of mental models is that in your mind, you have these different, I think of them as like filters or lenses through which you look at problems. And sometimes you grab this one, sometimes you grab that one. So today we're going to talk about just three different mental models and how to apply them as a fractional CMO. Now we've talked about, you know, kind of the perennial one that I love talking about, uh, which is solve bigger problems. That's a very important one. And if you've been listening to the show or you have my book, The Fractional CMO Method, you know that solve bigger problems is the ethos, right? It's a mental model. It's just look for the bigger problem to solve. Stop spending time on the small stuff. Solve the big thing, right? Don't, uh, if you're you know, leading someone and they're just not performing, don't maybe try to micromanage them, but instead maybe find a new person to fit in that role. Solve the bigger problem. For your client, solve the bigger problem, which is generating revenue and not necessarily selling X product 500 times in the next quarter or, what, or whatever it happens to be. So that's one of our core mental models. And another core mental model is to delegate everything except leadership. It's kind of a mental model. Um, you know, it can be applied as a mental model. The idea that you just look at things that you can delegate. And the thing that people look to you for ultimately is leadership. That's what you're doing as the fractional CMO. By and large, you're the chief marketing officer. Most people will probably think that you're full-time because you're so effective in the role. They can't believe that you can do all you can do and only work a couple hours a week for the client. So those are kind of like the base mental models. And then let's talk about three additional that I'm pretty excited about. So the first one is the map is not the territory. The map is not the territory. Have you ever gone on a hike and had a map? And it said, you know, it's a, a mile from this waypoint to that waypoint, and it looks like a straight, um, straight line. And then you go and you hike that, 
and you realize that it's actually kind of a curvy line and you feel like maybe you're lost because it's not as straight as it looked like on the map and there's also like mud in the way but like you didn't think that there was going to be mud because that wasn't on the map or whatever it happens to be the map ultimately is not the territory it's not what you're actually seeing I recently went uh, on a men's group retreat and we hiked the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And it was a beautiful time up there during the color change. I was fully loaded with a pack. And when we got there, we pulled out the map and it gave us the, uh, um, what was it, the declination from true north to magnetic north. And that had actually changed since the map was produced. So the map was actually not true to direction. When we oriented our compasses to magnetic north, and we figured out where true north was, uh, we found that we were off by a number of degrees. The map that we had was not the territory. It was incorrect. If you want the map to be the territory, it must be a one-to-one reproduction. It has to be the exact same thing. Every time you zoom out on a map, you lose detail. You lose critical detail. I don't know about you, but I like to spend a, like, a lot of time looking at maps. I love Google Maps and Google Earth. And when you zoom in and see the street level, that's very different than zooming out and seeing the block level or the city level or the, the region level. As you zoom in, things get more specific, right? You get this. Why do I bring this up? Because you knowing how to do something, like as the chief marketing officer, you knowing how to come up with a strategy, that's kind of the map. The territory is what's different with the client. What's the nuance? What's happening in the geo-global political landscape? There's, there's things that change what you're doing. It's this idea that everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. You can have a plan, a map, But then when you apply it to a situation, the territory oftentimes is different. You know that to be true, right? I'm not saying anything here that like you you haven't thought before, but what's helpful here is naming that thing. When you name it, you can kind of reference it. It's kind of like being able to name a feeling that you're feeling, right? If, If you're a person who only feels happy or sad, it's really hard to experience kind of the wealth of uh, feelings that exist, you know, around like elated and joyful and uh, equanimous and, you know, like all of these different things. So by having this mental model named, you can understand when you're thinking of the map and experiencing the territory or thinking of the simplicity of your idea, and then forgetting how difficult it may be to see that idea move into production, actually get handed out to people. Realizing when you say, ooh, this is a great idea, this is a map, right? This is a great idea that we can deploy, and then giving that to your direct report team, and then that direct report team actually uh, not understanding it. And you having to go back and give them more detail. And then you realizing that actually you don't know the detail because you've only had this map and never had the territory to apply it to. So just know that the map is not the territory. And oftentimes, you can take this to mean that things are more complex than you think they are. There's going to require you to be more of a leader. Maybe you could call it hand-to-hand combat. I'm getting some things deployed with the marketing teams. You got to kind of got to be there with them and understand it and see what's happening in the environment so that you can make uh, the calls to support them or train the teams on making those calls uh, without you. 
But ultimately, the simple ideas that we have to deploy are not simple. All right, the next one, circle of competence. So the circle of competence, I love this mental model because as a CMO or fractional CMO, I can know 10% of something and I can know generally when it's a good idea to do it, but I don't know how it works. I certainly don't know how it works today or what to do next or whatever, but I kind of know what to do. So let me tell you what I mean. Um, I know about SEO, right? I probably know a good amount about SEO, but honestly, if I think about it, man, when was the last time I read like a good blog about SEO and the implications of AI and SEO and what's happening there and all these kinds of things? Like it's been a while. Like I'm not really paying attention to that. I know my circle of competence where I'm at. I am competent that I understand the idea of SEO, What is the idea of SEO? Get my message in front of people who are actively querying for a solution to a problem that they have or researching, right? That's the basic of SEO. Search engine optimization. You wanna optimize yourself to the top of the page for the query that someone has that's related to the product or service that you or your client is selling. Got it. How does it work? What matters today? How did PageRank go away and now there's you know, all these other data points and does a .info domain rank at the same rate as a .com? What about a .ai or a .io? Um, how important is an SSL? Is a shared IP um, equivalent now to a standalone IP for a website? I don't, I don't really know the answers to it, but I know enough to know that I don't know the answer. So my circle of competence ends at understanding the general utility of a tool, and then I also have some confidence and competence around identifying and hiring vendors or employees or contractors to go do that work, to do that research, to present something to me that is comprehensive enough for me to make a decision. So my circle of competence is limited in many, many places, But one place that I am competent and confident is in my ability to identify a problem, generally understand the landscape to know generally what a solution probably looks like, although I'm always open to a smarter person than me telling me something I haven't heard of before or haven't thought of. And then third, being able to hire the right people and ensure that I'm managing them to the outcome. Oftentimes, I don't care about the day-to-day work. If you've listened to my podcast here before, you know I've got this feeling around... um, you know, when I lead teams, if I'm leading a team and someone's like, hey, can I take the day off? This thing's happened in my life. You know, my aunt's sick or my grandfather passed away or my best friend's in town or whatever. I, I don't want to say yes or no. Like, it's not my place to tell them what they can do or not, right? I just want them to get a lot of stuff done that quarter. So I give them the space to make those things happen. That gives me the distance. So I say, what's the outcome you're getting? Is that outcome in line with what I need? And is this timeline reasonable? And do you accept it? If they answer yes to those things, great, go do it. You want to take the day off because your friend's in town? Go ahead. Just get your work done. And if your work's not done, that's really bad. And if that happens too frequently, you're going to lose your job. But I give people that space. If you do that you're going to be able to solve much bigger problems, right? And delegate, again, everything except leadership. So we roll up to those two big mental models. Solve bigger problems, delegate everything except leadership. Why? Because I have a circle of competence where I know where I'm smart 
and I know the problem to solve, and then I hire people in to buttress me where I don't know something. And then the final mental model here for us to discuss is first principles thinking. First principles thinking. What is first principles thinking? It's really easy to get uh, emotionally attached to a new marketing campaign or idea. Happens to me like <laughs> frequently, right? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Uh, I've got a friend who's doing some really cool stuff with AI and the way that he uses make.com to create a cascade of prompts. And he just recently posted a series of prompts and what to do if there's different 400 errors and how to notify him of them and what, like, very cool stuff, very complex. And I'm excited about it. So the problem with all of that is that I get lost in this fractal nature of these new thing, the new idea, this really exciting thing that I could be doing, and I fall away from first principle thinking. So one example of first principle thinking is Jay Abraham's Three Ways to Grow a Business. These are simple. Like, this should be you know, tattooed onto your eyelid so that when you sleep, this is what you think about. How do you grow a business? There's only three ways to do it. Get more customers. Get those customers to buy more frequently. And then sell products with greater margins or higher revenue. That's it. That's the ways that you do it. Get more customers. Have them transact more frequently. Have them buy more expensive stuff. There you go. That's how you grow a business. So when I start thinking about this wild and crazy AI implication and what to do with make.com and how to roll it into a new chat GPT plugin and all these really exciting ideas, you kind of got to just take a break and say, whew, all right, back to the basics. What is this going to help me do? Get more customers? Is it going to help me get those customers to buy more frequently? Or am I going to be able to sell higher priced products or products with more revenue? That's the question. You fall back to those things. If you recently just did a product launch and that product launch didn't do so well, you know, launched a new product with your client, why didn't it do well? What's the first principle, right? A lot of people say, ooh, let's jump to the emotion of it. Uh, I feel like, I think that. It's like, okay, cool. But like, what do we know? How many emails were sent? What was the open rate? What was the click-through rate? Um, what was the on-page time? What was the conversion rate? What was the average cart size? What is the, you know, um, throughput of email sent to purchase per thousand sent? What is that for ads? How did that look differently than this time versus the last time we launched a product? Get the real data in and go back to first principle thinking. It's fun to not do first principle thinking. It's fun to fall away from these basics of business and instead focus on what's exciting and um, changing right now. And, you know, folks call it like the shiny object. I kind of hate that because I feel like my whole life, right? I've always wanted to chase the shiny object. Uh, and there's a lot of utility in focusing just on the basics, the first principles. The reason it's called the first principles is because they're the underlying principles for these things, for all things. So for example, to get a purchase, someone first has to go to the shopping cart. How effective is the shopping cart? That's a question to ask. Okay, so we talked about three kind of five mental models. Let's go over them real quick. First one, solve bigger problems. This is like your ethos. This is like your 
uh, battle cry, right? This is what you're doing in work for the rest of your life. This is maybe what you're doing in your relationship with your spouse or with your kids for the rest of your life, right? If you and your spouse get into tiffs regularly, go to the core of the issue and work to resolve that. If you're trying to grow your client's business and you have someone that's unhappy about a product, go to the core of why that happened instead of just dealing just alone with just the single customer, right? Get to the core of it. Solve bigger problems. The next one is delegate everything except leadership. People need to be led. Companies are looking for leaders. They're not looking for someone who knows everything. They're looking for the leader. That can be you. Underneath those two mental models, we've got the map is not the territory, because if the map was the territory, it would be a one-to-one reproduction. Now, the more time you're in the game, the more time you're doing this CMO-level stuff, just the bigger your toolbox becomes because you've experienced a lot of stuff, and you know, in some ways, the map gets closer to the territory, but it's always going to be different, especially with new technologies that's out, new teams, you know, geopolitical environment, all that stuff. The next is a circle of competence. There's the stuff you know and the stuff you know you don't know and the stuff you don't know you don't know. And your job is to lead from a place where you know things, buttress yourself with people who are the experts in those other things and be open to understanding where you don't know something, where someone else has a great idea. I love to hear ideas. I'll sit with it and I'll say, oh, that's really great. Thank you. Let me see how that fits in. And maybe in the moment I can say, that's great. This is why it's not going to work. Or, that's great, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you if that's something we want to move on. You can just kind of take that information in and sit with it and see where it fits in. You don't have to make decisions super rapidly. And then finally, first principles thinking. Go back to the basics. Man, if you, if you want to help a business that has local, uh, like a local business, how optimized is their Google My Business page or whatever they call it now? How optimized is it? Is it 100% complete? Right? If you want to rank well on LinkedIn, is your profile 100% complete? These basics matter. Jay Abraham's three things. Get more customers, increase the transaction frequency, increase the transaction size. Right. So these are some ideas. I want you to start building in your mind a lattice work where when a question or a problem comes to you, it starts at the top and it works its way down. Starts at the top and says, solve bigger problems. Okay, then it moves over to delegate everything except leadership. And then it moves its way down from there. The map is not the territory. Circle of competence. First principles thinking. Et cetera, et cetera. Okay? This is going to help you think in a way that produces value instead of just copying what someone else is doing. Instead of just amassing a swipe file of ads that work or funnels that work or offers that work or business models or whatever. And instead starting to think holistically about your thinking. Improving your thinking will improve all areas of your life. And you know, as far as this podcast is concerned, it's going to improve your ability to solve bigger problems for your client, increase your rates, create bigger incomes for your clients, give you the notoriety that you need to win even bigger and better clients, and totally have a life that you deserve, and that's on your terms. If you want to hear more about this, if this is interesting, you want to come into the CMOX Accelerator, just come book a call with my team. Go to cmox.co slash call and just book a time in. We'd love to chat with you. All right. Hope you're well. See you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. 
go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 